Hey. That was a spooky sound. Yeah. Welcome to the Spooky Seven. Good to be here. Well, it's a podcast for you and your loved ones about scary, spooky stuff with me. I'm Will. And James, um, that's James. I'm James. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Episode number 20. Fuck, nice. really? No. <laughs> well, hold on. I only can count to 13. Episode number... 13? 13. Really? It's the highest number. Highest number. Just absolutely jacking a Mr. Show bit. What about 14? (laughs) Um, No, it's an episode of the Spooky 7, and um, today we're talking about Ivan the Terrible. Terrible. No, terrible. Fuck. Ivan el Terrible. (laughs) Notable Spanish Spanish conquistador. Um. You know the podcast probably. If you don't, fine. I guess I'll describe what it is. It's a spooky podcast where we pick one topic and we detail seven things within that topic. Again, we haven't done seven things. <laughs> like We haven't honored think, that number in like no. five months or something like that. I think it's kind of like the Aqua Team thing. Yeah. Where they're like initially the premise was built around them solving crimes. And yeah. They just... Just gave that up. But the title was too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the seven is what we learned along the way. Right. And somebody said to me today, it's plus it's a great title. And I was like, okay, man. <laughs> All right. You just keep waiting for that seven. <laughs> Sweet. Stupid fuck. No, it's a fun one where we, me and James, talk about um, ostensibly horrible shit. And then, like, yeah, a lot of other stuff happens along the way and we become friends. Yeah, Will and I definitely do that. We started out as enemies, but slowly just chipped away at that hard, crusty exterior until we found a mine of friendship. Yeah, and erosion didn't take a million years this time. It only took about a few weeks to a month. Oh, yeah. Roughly that. Roughly. I'm going to whisper a lot, I think, and speak in falsetto during this one. I was thinking about emulating birds a lot today. Not like in relation to the show. Just I was like walking around and uh, as you, know, you were to be a bird. as you were living your life, you I mean, wanted to be a bird. I was listening to that. It's not a Maya Angelou song, right? That I'm like a bird. It's uh... a <laughs> Maya Angelou is a poet who wrote a, a poem uh, that won, I think, the Nobel Prize called um, uh, something about a bird being free. And uh, uh, cage I, yeah, oh, the cage, cage bird, bird sings. sings. And fucking Zach is here to be correcting us about what the name yeah. of the Maya Angelou, not Nelly Furtado's song. It's not a Maya song. It's called uh, Zach. You're an expert on the poets, um, poets laureate of the United States. Would you fill us in on Maya Angelou? Maya Angelou. Well, Nelly Furtado, she's Canadian, and Fuck uh, that. I just asked for Maya Angelou. Oh, my, I've never heard of her. Is she new? She's a singer who is out of, um, I think, um, Oakland. Oakland you're, you're, you like Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Na- that's like Nashville, right? Yeah. Nashville, Vegas. Um, Maya Angelou, Nashville? I know why the cage bird sings. Um, I believe she was a prostitute at one point. Okay. Oh, well, wow. if that's true, then I don't know if that's true. That's true. That's true. She's been very like uh, um, forward good. about her sex work. Good. Good for her. Yeah. Fascinating. We're learning a lot here on the Spooky Seven. And Zach's my handsome grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, he uh, said he wants to be Baba Booey one day, <laughs> which will hold him to that. Mm. It's probably, does he yell in the background? I, he was just like, an, he, he was a, uh, he was like, um, just, oh. just an assist, you know? But I think he was the. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't Zach, by the way. Are you sure? Yeah, that was me. Well, that, look, uh, we have a low level of standard. Stomach here. spiders? 
Stomach spiders coming up. Um, it's been about four and a half minutes. Do we want? We to haven't talk even about... gotten remotely close <laughs> to our <laughs> no, topic yet. Not even a slightly touchy uh, bit. Oh, what was that? What? Wait, is there... Zach, is that your cell phone? Can you please silence your cell phone when you come into the thing? All right. Well, all right. He's answering the he's phone. He's answering the phone. That's all right. Well, it's fine. Okay. Well, Zach brought his cell phone in. We can move past that. Um, I think we want to talk at least first about. Well, you know what? I'll go first because I yeah, got some like. Ivan Basics. Yeah, well, right? we need to establish who he is, like some yeah. timelines. Talking about Ivan the context, Terrible. Historical context. We might also, you know, to just to sort of preview this, we're going to talk about some wonderful Ivans in the future. Instead, this is some terrible Ivans. Yvonne? Uh, Yvonne. Not like Yvonne. But Yvonne. Like even. Even. Ivans, Ivans, Ivans. It's, like it's like Yvonne. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's first start talking about the uh, the terrible Ivan. Zach, God damn it. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back. Thank you for joining us and for filling us on on your thoughts on Maya Angelou and the fact that she's a prostitute. The most important thing about her life was she. It was just a, a point that she spoke freely. Okay, about. so we Ivan. Don't, we don't condone this commentary. Ivan really, was born I really in. I hope that was true. <laughs> you better look that up. <laughs> you better look that up, man. And issue a issue a correction, New York Times style. No, please look that up. Um, Ivan was born in 1530. Like AD or BC. Like, whatever the one after Christ was, so A.C. <laughs> In very basic terms, his father was leader of the Kiev Rus people, who before the solidification of territory of what would become modern-day Russia lived in the Eurasian region between the Baltic and Black Seas. Um, so basically, you know, Russian people were concentrated in that area at the time, and there was no modern country of Russia. So he ruled from the Grand Duchy, or Duchy, is it Duchy? It's Duchy, I think. Duchy? It'd be Duchy. Funny if it was Duchy. I'm no. just going to go on record and say that. All right. would be funnier if it was no, Duchy. Uh, the Grand Duchy of Moscow. So obviously you know what Moscow is. It's going to be the big important Russian city later. Yeah, the Russia back then was not remotely close to what it is now of like nah. expanding a whole continent basically. It's kind of like when you find out that like Germany like you're like, "Oh, Germany, that seems like a pretty old country." And then you're like, "It was formed in 1890." You're mm-hmm. like, "What the fuck?" That was like, yeah. you know, I know some people who were born in 1890. You, I don't, you, but you do almost. <laughs> um Ivan was appointed Grand Prince at 3 years old after his father's death. So Grand Prince obviously not being like king or a leader, but he is next in line and he's 3. Great. His mother yeah. uh, ruled as regent until her death in in 1538 when Ivan was eight. Um, so during this time, the realm rapidly de- degenerated into chaos as the rival boyar families, and the boyar here are nobles. They're like yeah. kind of the, you know, the... The the, the, the Shoyuski family and the Bo- Belsky family is like what the rivalry was. Yeah. And they're, were they Belsky, I think? Like, I can't... Um, I think, I, you know, I didn't like dig deep into like the sort of like, you know, Game of Thrones style, like all this, these families that are like all branched off. Right. I, I did see something about him as a kid in mm-hmm. this time period. So when he was a kid and his mom was gone, he was a pretty like intelligent and sensitive kid and he was a huge, huge reader. Yeah. He read a lot of like historical books and religious books. Yeah. And without his mom to look after him, he got really lonely. And the boyars who became in charge when she died, they both like, neglected and or molested him too and he, he had a deaf mute brother yeah yeah and uh they like didn't have any food at any time right. and, like they weren't fed and they like basically came and like broke all their shit and then yeah. like left the house this like he this nurtured some hatred for the boyar class 
who he suspected of being involved in his mother's death and people yeah, think that he was, he was she was assassinated by poison. Yeah, and there were like there were murders in oh, the yeah. palace at all times. It wasn't like what you would expect to be like a British or like Yeah, this like was like a couple hundred years, a hundred a hundred to two hundred years after like the the like black plague yeah. period. This is like super old times when you think about it, you know? Yeah, and he uh I was reading stuff about how that this time he's instead of being able to fight back, he would like a fight animals and like torture them and he like was tearing feathers off of birds and piercing mm-hmm. their eyes open and like cutting up birds right um and i've just gotten uh, toes. and i've just gotten uh some confirmation that my angelou did have a sex she was okay. Like, okay. yeah All right, good. um so that was fast <laughs> he uh after this uh he was proclaimed czar uh which fascinatingly is a word taken from caesar yes meaning emperor Tsar of all Rus in 1547 at the age of 17, uh, which then established the Tsardom of Russia with Moscow as the predominant state, and that made Russia more or less a modern state. I mean, it, it would have to become one via his rule, but he's the first Tsar of all Russians. Um, he did some fucked up stuff when he was a kid, too. Yeah, many people believe he was mentally ill. And when you when you consider the fact that, like, probably a ton of people were mentally Ill, Ill at this time via, like, either po- being poisoned with, like, you know, all sorts of, like, chemicals or just standards and practices of medicine being lower, he might have, like, been more <laughs> crazy than most other people. And he was also, like, a ruler. Yeah, when he was 13, one of his, like, confidants, like, who was super mm-hmm. loyal to him and the family, uh, was skinned alive and left on public view in a square in Moscow. Yeah. And so in response, in response, like when he was 13, he had that same prince arrested and was this cruel and corrupt person and had him thrown into an enclosure full of starving dogs to be <laughs> yeah. alive. Good it's shit. a 13-year-old kid. Good shit. It's like, nah. Yeah. So um, a lot of that I wrote. Now I'm just going to sort of read off of, I'm openly going to read off of factsanddetails.com, which may be, a, may be not the best source. But hey, if you're looking for facts and also for details... Factsanddetails.com. It's for you. Um, Ivan was a disturbed young man and an accomplished drinker. Uh, so continuing the theme of people being just absolute shit-faced drunkards and also like murderers and torturers when they're like young, like 15-year-old kids or whatever. Yeah, it's not like they're drinking refined stuff. They're drinking like fucked up brandy. Yeah, there. exactly. If they were drinking I'm fine blind. lambic. <laughs> um, he threw dogs and cats from the, cl- uh, from yeah. the Kremlin walls to watch them suffer. Roamed like the streets of Moscow, dogs, yeah, whatever cats, <laughs> with a gang of young scoundrels drinking, knocking down old people, and raping women. He often disposed of rape victims by having them hanged, strangled, buried alive, or thrown to the bears. Now, where are I, the bears? <laughs> <laughs> well, he must have had some he's got an, bear he's got pets. A dog enclosure. He's got a bear enclosure. Um, I don't know exactly how much of that is like a hundred percent true. Also, a lot of the stuff happened in the 1500s, which you can gather was not a great time for record keeping. There's not a lot of video back then. Yeah, yeah. If you could, if there was like grainy security cam footage of all this stuff, like I would believe it. But yeah, that's a bear eating a guy. Yeah, we're gonna get to some stuff later that even like historians dispute, like some of the core Ivan lore. You yeah. know, pretty much everything is yeah. disputed except for some really important stuff. Right, but this is a horror podcast, so. We're just going to bring you the worst shit and like... Yeah, we're just going to spread uh, hearsay as gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to actually... new show name. Yeah, we're going to drag Ivan so hard. Rumor mongers. <laughs> um, he became an excellent horseman and was fond of hunting. 
uh, killing animals was not only his delight, uh, he also enjoyed robbing and beating up farmers, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Like, hey, give me your fucking grains. He would, like, hunt them. Yeah. yeah it, the, James will get into more of this later. No, that's all I got. He would hunt the farmers. <laughs> he sometimes just shoot the farmers later. And he also was a hardcore reader and loved religious and historical texts, and he was very devout and would pray a lot. So a little color to this character. Yeah, he um, brought a lot of uh, Russian Orthodox Church to life, too. Big time. Yeah. He was very key in that. He made Russia into like what Russia we know as this big takeaway. Yeah. Um, do you have any like big ticket items that you want to get into, or do you want to like keep? Are the... you going to talk about the smashing his head thing? Um, not yet. Okay. I mean, we could do that right now. He, he did that when he was a kid too. It wasn't like a, a thing he developed late in life. Well, do you want to do you want to talk about it? So sometimes he would do like he uh, he did a public confessional one time in Moscow yeah. right before he became czar. He was very religious, mm-hmm. uh, and he would pound his head against walls when he was frustrated mm-hmm. to the point that he like did the Wesley Willis and developed a callus on his head from yeah. the smashing his yes, and that's things so like that. That's so great. Uh, but it didn't like stop when he was a kid. It was like a lifelong thing he did. Right. Like, he'd get mad and be like, no, like I've been bad, and like, smash his head. Oh, God. Shit. It's just scary to me. So you know what? I want to talk about a wonderful man named Ivan. Can I, can I introduce yeah, you to yeah, my friend Ivan? Lighten it up. Fluff it up. His name is Ivan Rodriguez, but he goes by Pudge. Oh, Pudge. Pudge. Isn't that a Pudge. fun nickname? I love Pudge. He was a, he's one of the best catchers to ever play the game of baseball. Certainly, defensive and offensive. Oh, sure. He played for the Rangers, most notably. Um, the Marlins, Tigers, Yankees, Astros, Nationals, all he over the place. He was on one of those Marlins championship teams. 97, probably. Or 2003? Let me look at his... Because uh, Charles Johnson was there in like 2005. Um, and I hate when like I Wikipedia articles... I thought of Charles Johnson just Wikipedia then. articles. Uh, he was with the... God, he's with a fucking ton of teams. Yeah, the Marlins in 2003. So you were right. You. Um, because he was probably with the Rangers. He won the AL MVP award in 99. No, no. MVP! He was on the same That's team catcher. as like, him and Wong Gun. Yeah. One when Wong put up those stupid RBI totals in '98, that he was just running the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, this is a lovely man who was so much fun to watch, brought people a lot of joy. I think Ivan Rodriguez is a wonderful guy. What was his brother's name? I just closed the Wikipedia page. Uh, his deaf mute brother. <laughs> All Ivans have a deaf. Mute. All Ivans do. Well, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, this is nice, right? Um. Do you have anything? Do you want me? To, oh, you know what? I could. I, oh, I actually could provide some more historical context. Yeah, yeah. You keep riffing. Keep that all... So, in 1565, that's 35 years old. If we're keeping track, uh, he divided Russian territory into the Zemshina, where the boyars maintained their authority, and the Oprichnina, mm-hmm. which Ivan ruled directly with the help of his Oprichniki. That's not a good thing. No. Uh, there were a kind of police organization that existed to enforce his will and suppress dissenters. So you have these two territories that like kind of are compose the the broader Eurasian steppe, and one of them he basically has like a a like um, secret police, not a secret, not even a secret police, an open. It was like police. kill kill squad. Yeah, it's like what if the um uh what was the Nazi secret police called? That's the it. Gestapo. Yeah. Yeah, SS or Gestapo. It's like, what if you combine the SS and Gestapo into like one unit? Yeah. Like, you don't even have to be secret about what you're doing. It's great. Um, they rode black horses and dressed in black. Uh, 
which kind of like resembled a monastic habit. Um, habit being like the thing they wear. Um, and they also wore the insignia of a severed dog's head around their <laughs> belt. Awesome. I want uh, that. Yeah, the symbolism was so they could sniff out treason and the enemies of the Tsar. So he had gotten pretty paranoid at this point. Mm-hmm. This is pretty far into his life. Yeah. So when he took over in the 1540s, he was a reformer and was trying to get away from the aristocracy running everything in like clannish yeah. areas all around. And he was uh, lauded by communists as a reformer in a lot of ways too. It was like way ahead of his time. Yeah. Uh, there's some really interesting takes on who he was in terms of actually running the country, but in terms of his personal uh, decisions, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, so he took over Russia not long after Constantinople and Byzantium fell to the Turks. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't really like an idea of like um, another big capital in the East. Yeah. So he wanted Moscow to be the third Rome and the third capital of Christianity. Um, and that's when he set up like an independent Russian Orthodox state. Mm-hmm. So they were like an agrarian fuel state with peasants becoming serfs. And he wanted to trade with the West. And he was like the first person who was like, oh, no, we're not going to be like this Eastern off thing. And he expanded to the West and to the East. Um, this is an amazing thing. He uh, he had Queen Elizabeth to the Tsar and um, Tsardom, whatever you want to call it, and proposed marriage to her, and she Hell turned yeah. him down. Elizabeth I, for context. Yeah. But apparently one of the reasons why is because she saw him, like, following, I think, some duke, like Duke of Wellington, and noticing how long his beard was and, like, playing with it. <laughs> Like fondling a man's beard and like kept on like touching hey, it. Hey, this looks cool. And has uh, apparently not didn't make him seem very <clears throat> serious. Hmm. Uh, he was probably just he probably saw the beard like in like a hallucination and was just like, oh, look at all these crazy uh, blades of grass that are growing out of this man's face. He was kind of insane. Um. Yeah. And so he gained more and more power, and eventually he got rid of all the councils that were surrounding him that were affiliated with the boyars, and became more and more paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, he established the, how do you say it again? Opersniki? Yeah, he established that in like the 1555 around there and that kind of ran until like 1570 and the 1560s. Was oh, it's really, really, it was really a, bad. Yeah, 1565, you're right. Yeah. Um, 1565 it set it up? 65. Okay, so it was the late 1560s to early 70s. It was, yeah. It was bad. So this is one of my favorite stories was mm-hmm. that he commissioned the St. Basil's Cathedral. Like the, the you know, famous one, yeah. super famous. Yeah. <laughs> and it completely lived up to his expectations. But the legend is, is that it was so beautiful that he had the architect's eyes gouged out to ensure <laughs> that he would never design anything as beautiful as it ever again. <laughs> Good. Um, I wish there were more, you know, fun stories about like Notre Dame that were like that. Like, you know, as people are sort of collectively like, like, oh man, like, like what a beautiful building and church something now that's had this horrible fire i wish that the person who built notre dame was like i'm gonna cleave off everyone's penis so they can't uh, no, more no one can rub their dick on this yeah um so the oprichniki um were founded partially because one of his most trusted field commanders defected to poland um and he was already very paranoid so this just was made this him Krupski? go like kind of crazy was this Krupski? I don't know his name. I, I, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm picking and choosing my details. Okay, okay, I went a little deep. Working with factsanddetails.com. Um, actually, just uh, this is not. Well, the guy I'm thinking details. of defected to Lithuania, but I guess this was like. Uh, no, this is Poland. Well, Poland was uh, with, not Latvia, was it? They were so worried about this. 
Damn, you went deep with this. Yeah, Lithuania and Poland were like a hybrid state. Really? Yeah. Okay, so maybe this is the same guy. What's his name? Krotchki? Uh Kropsky, I think. I'm going to call um, him Krotchki. He defected and like led an army against them. And, okay. Like, took a bunch of land and he was furious. Yeah. So he ordained that a few thousand men would be the Opechniki and uh, segregated certain towns and areas to be apart from Boyar Law. So he also basically said, like, not only are these areas going to be separate and I rule this area, but. We don't have to like obey the laws that the noblemen set up around them, um, and basically, like there were so many fires and like that ha- that like destroyed even like official records during this period that most people tend to give different explanations for what happened during this time. But uh, the Opatniki were ordered to execute anyone disloyal to Ivan and used various methods of torture to do so including tying each limb to a different horse and riding in opposite directions, uh, death by boiling, impalement, and roasting victims tied to poles over an open fire. He uh, he liked to model those tortures off of biblical accounts, but then make people, and then apparently was earnestly praying for them at the same time he was yeah. torturing them. Yeah. The boiling ones particularly, um, he had an offending boy or blown to bits after being tied on the barrel of gunpowder. <laughs> Which is like, this is like the third time I think we've heard of somebody tying somebody to the edge of a cannon. Yeah, and blowing them off. off. We had a whole torture episode. Uh, that was what? Episode, for some reason, the like Old spooky side page isn't opening. Old so. hat. We're oh, just no, here we go. crashing from too many people. There we go. This is episode 20. <laughs> um, nice. When I was saying that before, I was actually kind of dead on. He would uh, he would do other messed up tortures. Obviously, ever. no, there's no like not messed up torture. Yeah. Um, he would make peasant women strip naked and, and use his target practice. Mm-hmm. Um, he had several hundred beggars drowned in a lake. Uh-huh. Um, he had Prince Boris Tulupa, T- Talupa was drawn, quote, was drawn upon a long, sharp made stake, which entered the lower part of his body, which we all know what that is. Yeah. It came out of his neck. His crotchkey. Which came out of his neck, upon which he languished a horrible pain for 15 hours alive. Nice. When they brought his mother into the room (laughs) to look at it. Oh, boy. Then the mother was given to 100 gunners who, quote, defiled her to death. And then... (laughs) That's a quote from where? Not done yet. Uh, Same set as you. Mm -hmm. Who... And then they left her remains given to the hungry dogs who ate her flesh and bones. Okay. <clears throat> so that's pretty horrible stuff. Um, we do, like, I'm seeing actually, now that I look through our uh, archives, there is no torture episode. There's the capital punishment episode. Oh, that's different. It's slightly different. There we should do a torture episode. Torture. But, you know. Don't torture me. A lot of these tortures end in deaths. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> a lot of them are hard to come back from. So I propose that we talk about a lovely man named Ivan Orkin, who established a restaurant called Ivan Ramen. He makes tasty noodles. Nice. Isn't that wonderful? I love eating noodles. God, I love noodles, especially when they're in soup. I know you don't like that, James, but you like noodles. I do enjoy noodles. I just don't enjoy water with them. He's a, he's a, this guy, Ivan Orkin, I'm a classic New Yorker. Hey, fuck you, man. But he moved to Japan to pursue the art of noodle making and met a lovely wife who now they moved back here and he makes the good noodles and he uses rye flour in his noodles, oh. which is, he's a Jewish guy. So rye is nice, but it's it like adds a little spiciness. Noodles. Yeah. 
Um, very lovely place. Um, our friend Kat runs the beer program Kat, there. Kat is wonderful. Yep. Incredible job. We love her very much. Um, I have to go back there. I haven't been there in a long time. But uh, I would like to just say, Ivan's, they're not all bad. You got Ivan Orkin. That's true. Nice Thank guy. you for that. Yeah, sure. So do you want me to talk about the massacre? No, I guess we got to talk about the massacre. Uh, yeah, we can. We'll talk about the massacre. Yeah, and then um, we and then can talk I'll, about the later stuff. Yeah, his 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 relationship with his family. How about that? Next, we'll talk about the relationship with his family. Uh, maybe maybe we should take a break before we get into the massacre. You want to take a break right now? We'll take a we'll take a breather. I'm all about that. I like a breather. Stay like tuned for the next part of this actual the same episode. And shut up and bye. Oh. All right, we're back here on the spooky six se- seven. Ah. Our other show is the spooky six, and it's just about um. Well, if you understand the joke that six rhymes with something else, it's yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. a little dark. Also, I have a spinoff show that I'm starting called the Spooky Septum, and it's about what happens when you your septum disappears doing cocaine. I thought oh, septum piercing has taken yeah. on a new meaning for me. Yeah. Anyway. All right, uh, let's get back down to the Cracker Factory here. Yum. All right, our our good friend, Ivan, the fourth. El Terrible. Uh, Ivan the Terrible at this point, this is in the, let's call it the 1560s. Sure. This is around 5960, this whole incident happened. I think it was 1560 even. Really starting to lose his shit. He was not doing well. Um, his mental health had deteriorated pretty substantially, and he was becoming very paranoid. And keep in mind, the, we've described a lot of the violence against the boyars. I, I'm so sure that's not the right way to pronounce that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it's almost like purposeful how bad we are doing this. So, right, so he has a, a secret police. There's no oversight or regulation or advice from the boyars' council, which is another thing that he interacts with all the time. Yeah. So the betrayal that we had talked about before had it happened recently as well. So the weird thing about the betrayal was that in Isbarisk, this guy just, just um, gave up to the Lithuanians super quickly. And the relative ease and suspicious circumstances of the seizure of the fortress really fucked with Ivan. 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 He retook the fortress rather easily because, you know, he has a huge army. Um... <laughs> though he even got it back quickly, the treachery and conspiracy involved in the original seizure led him to order the executions of all the secretaries in the city mm-hmm. as well as the secretaries of the surrounding fortresses. And this doesn't mean like they're like assistants. This is like the people yeah. who run the city. Yeah. Um, with rumors of like more disaffection and growing discontent, he feared that other cities would soon follow this rise. And Novgorod and Peskov were the two closest cities. Uh-huh. Novgorod used to be a huge city. So Novgorod was like basically the size of Moscow back then. Yeah. And there was a lot of concern that they would become bigger than Moscow or just another thing. They had their own Novgorod Empire as yeah. well as the Piskovs had their own republic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was the Novgorod Republic. Um, so keep in mind that he was also developing an expanding state in Russia at the same time. He was going further east. He quote unquote conquered the Mongols and was yeah. going into Siberia. Like the Russia you think of when you think of Russia is because of Ivan the Terrible. Uh-huh. So he took out his largest threats, one of which was his cousin, Prince Vladimir Andreevich, who was in the city of Novgorod. Um, before he gets there, he kills his cousin's family as well as his cousin and then, then attacks Novgorod. 
who also clearly housed a number of his late uh, cousin supporters. Actually, I'm not sure if he was in Novgorod, but regardless. So he claimed there was a secret conspiracy <laughs> that the cousin was running against him, where he was going to give up the city to Poland and Lithuania in the same way that it happened with the previous city. Um, which, you know, it's like, oh, there was a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly enough, his paternal grandfather, also named Ivan, used the same original excuse in 1478 to attack Novgorod. And Russia came into control of Novgorod that way. So he was kind of fighting his same, like, familial war. Yeah. Like, same, same battle twice always goes well. <laughs> so on their way to Novgorod, they, you know, pillage and plunder and rape and kill everybody on the way, uh, even though it's their own country. He's been doing it since he was a teenager. Uh, the, <laughs> the advanced regiment of the Tsar's army arrived on the outskirts of the city four days before him and encircled it to make sure nobody could leave. Uh, they attacked all the monasteries surrounding the city, looting the treasures and beating and imprisoning the clergy, which is going to continue to happen. They show up, they beat all the monks and the prefects and the fathers, father superiors, where to death, where they return them back to the monasteries to be buried. Then in, it's typical at this point to meet on the middle of the bridge with the archbishop, who was, uh, I can't remember this guy's name. It was, uh, a Pimen, Pimen. P-man. Um, yes, exactly. P-I-M-E-N. Piss dude. So there's a, they're always supposed to meet in the middle of the bridge and he's supposed to bless the czar and then he can come over and he refuses to be blessed. And he accuses the archbishop and by extension the whole city of conspiracy and treason with the following speech. You reprobate. You are not holding the life-giving cross because he's blessing with a cross, but a weapon, a weapon you would use to wound our heart. You and your accomplices, the people of the city, wish to turn over our patrimony. That's always a great word. This great and blessed Novgorod to a foreigner, to the Lithuanian king Sigmund Augustus. Henceforth, you are not a pastor, not a teacher, but a wolf, a destroyer, <laughs> a traitor, the torment of our purple mantle and our crown. I'm going to go ahead and doubt that this script is accurate. It's a black quote. Yeah. Oh, my story. God. That sounds like um, fucking Robert Zemeckis wrote that shit, you know? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, so <laughs> hilariously, he doesn't let him bless him, but he demands to be taken to his church so he can be given the liturgy at the church by somebody else. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, James got to take a little beer break. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone's beer. very, yeah, it's great. Everyone was very confused at this point and they all have dinner together after that. <laughs> Hell yes. Halfway through dinner. Wait a minute. Everyone stop. <laughs> like, I'm hungry. Feed me now. <laughs> Fuck you and feed I'm going to kill you, but I want some turkey first. So halfway through dinner, he's like, you're arrested. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Plunders everything they have in the church. They publicly insult him and mock him by forcing him to ride around on the city on a mare while facing backwards. By also making him be followed around by this type of Russian folk minstrel, which was outlawed by the church as an additional insult. And then eventually they dress him up in a bearskin and like make him run into the woods where a bunch of dogs chase him down and kill him. <laughs> Why am I laughing? Um, because it's funny and a joke. So everyone's terrified they're surrounded by the czar. Right. Uh, keep in mind, this is like winter that's starting to happen here. Mm -hmm. Um, he orders that the regiment confiscates all the treasuries from the outlying monasteries and begins these trials called the Trials of Dorodice. Um, 500 father superiors and monks from the outlying churches are rounded up, taken to Novgorod and flogged. 
the priests and deacons from the church inside the city to be arrested and turned over to the bailiffs to be held in shackles and flogged from dawn until dusk unless they could pay a ransom of 20 rubles each person. And they were beaten to death. <laughs> nice. Then he went to 27 different monasteries each day, beating abbots and confiscating money and just destroying <laughs> the churches. Yo, I'm gonna beat like, these 27 abbots. Like every morning, he gets on his horse, goes I'm to the saying, goes uh, to the church, and like you. 27 days is four weeks. It's a month of just. That's crazy. It's like a month of Sundays. Jesus, and you're like, you know what? I think I can do this again for like a 20th day in a row, and then just keep going for another important week. Crazy so. Instead of just leaving this all to the church to get fucked over, he starts going after the upper and middle classes as well. Because they're locked in for the winter. Um, the lower class suffered a more generic punishment, which sounds terrible in a way that it's like he didn't even regard them as much. But keep in mind, this is a guy who hated aristocracy, even though he grew yeah. up as a prince or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, but a prince who hated princes. And he wasn't really a prince because he was starving all the time with his deaf-mute brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, at, at this point, was probably abusing mercury as somehow a drug and was having crazy mood swings. We'll get into we'll that a bit about. more later. But I mean, just, how yeah. do you do that? How do you abuse mercury? Uh, he had, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about um, it. <laughs> just keep in mind that this guy is very, like, weird and has weird mental mood swings. So he detains all the merchants, traders, and officials along with their families. They're tortured for information about the <laughs> liaison with the Polish king that isn't happening. Uh, they employ exceedingly cruel tortures, the same thing where they, they basically burn them on a stick and roast them and turn them over. Um, they string them up with their hands and they like burn their eyebrows off and they just, they just like basically burn them alive to see what they would talk. The worst one they did was they would, um, tie up women and children. (laughs) They tie up the women and children and they put them on like a sled and they push them down a hill into the river. Yeah. So they would go underneath the ice. Okay. And then when they tried to come up they would like push them back down yeah. and force them to drown right. to death. Um, so they would patrol the water in boats armed with boat hooks, spears, lances, and axe, pushing down anyone who managed to surface alive, cutting them up to make sure that they drowned and bled to death. Roughly how many people died? Uh, the estimates are anywhere between 2,000 and 27,000. Um, they're That's thinking cool. it's closer to 6,000 though. 27,000 is like an awfully... Specific number. That's People who, who weren't pushed into the water were often tied to sleds and dragged through town until they were to force off the bridge into the river. They like pushed them off a cliff into the river. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so that was just the upper class people. The middle class, um, they just seized all their money, <laughs> destroyed all their shit, and forced them to move to the suburbs. Um, keep in mind, this is winter. And... Um, they would probably starve or freeze to death as they were evicted from the city and had to, like, walk off. Uh, they did the same thing with the really poor people as well. And then uh, they burned 90% of the crops when they left. And uh, Novgorod is still in existence. I think it goes yeah. by Nizhny Novgorod today. It's, yes. uh, but it's not, it's like, you know, it's not quite the same as it used to be, and it's... It's not a first-tier Russian city. No, there's a few more things to know about. I know because everyone's hanging on the edge of their seat. <laughs> um, so part of the attack was that they burned all the fields. They wasted 90% of the arable goods. The fucked up thing is that he was running the Livonian War right then against Sweden. And since he burned all the crops, he didn't realize that he would cause a massive food shortage and huge supply problems during the war, causing additional people to starve to death later. 
And they officially just became like nothing after Excellent. this. Great there's job. one one more fun detail. After this, he was wanting to go to Piskov. I don't know how to pronounce it. P-S-K-O-V, uh, Piskov. Um, which was a bizarre incident that led to the thing with the sun as well that we'll get into. Yeah, we'll get into it. So he goes to the <clears> next <throat> city. This, he didn't stay the entire time this was happening. He went to Piskov and then he went back to Moscow and was like murdering and torturing people by proxy, I guess. Um, so the, he suspected them both of treachery as well. So he went to Piskov. But they didn't kill anybody in Piskov, and they left really quickly. According to legend, a local, quote, holy idiot, this guy named Nicholas Salos. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No, I've never heard those, that okay, phrasing so this in my whole life. Holy idiot. Oh. Zach? No. He's Wait gone. He's gone. He took his cell phone with him. I saw him take his... There's no phone in here. What the fuck shh, is that? Shh. Uh... Is your cell phone good? I mean, it can't make the same noise. I don't have a cell phone. It's impossible. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm you in 1992. I took the 1992 pills. Yeah. yeah, you just go to, every time you have to talk to me, you go to pay phone. And yeah, it's simple. I got to pay, you got you have my um, paper number. That's weird, because there's no phone in here, so this is bizarre. I hope it's not Nicholas Salos calling. <laughs> I hope it's not even the goddamn terrible calling. He's dead, though. Well, but, I mean, what if he wasn't? All right, so this guy, the holy idiot, as he's about to, I guess, <laughs> hypothetically murder right murder, murder everybody in it. Yeah. Uh, this guy comes up to him, curses at him, threatens him with divine punishment, and most memorably offered him a piece of raw meat. When Ivan, Ivan, the vo voice is discussed, Nikola allegedly told him, but this is what you're eating over in Novgorod, the meat of Christians. Oh, God. In so there some, was cannibals. In some town... Uh, He's there was like, cannibalisms done. <laughs> in oh, some tellings, this was enough to shame the czar into leaving Puskov alone. In some, it took his prized horse dying right under him as a warning sign. <laughs> and within two years, he had disbanded the Upperchinki and brought the terror to a close. Mm. Oh, there goes the Upperchinki. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. That was a really good one. It was very long, very detailed. It also involved a lot of torturing of women and children. Really just some classic... I never heard the right forcing there. someone staying under the ice one. That you know, that's that's a new one. That's up there with the um, the Ant Hill Kids Brigade. Oh man, that was the most fucked up thing. That's a that's some of the and then the um, the Canadian guy, the, the bus guy, the bus guy. I think about that all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a bunch of shit that that's like that's like top five segments in terms of horribleness. That's way up there. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer's like room is up there too. Yeah, like, Ant Hill Gang like, is way oh, up yeah, there. Ant Hill Gang. Um, look. <sighs> Let's talk real quick about his relationship to Mercury. Yeah. The metal that fucks you up and kills you. <laughs> Ivan became addicted to it. Somehow. <laughs> we're not sure how. We can, we're not sure how. I mean, there's no real way to know, but um, factsanddetails.com has him quoted on some source as keeping a bubbling cauldron in his room for his consumption. I don't know. Like, is he breathing it? Is he smoking it? Is he like drinking it? Huffing that murk. Huffing that murk. I mean, it's bad for you. He had, yeah, he had like a, a reserve of mercury. Yeah. So later, exumption, the exumption of his, ex, sorry, exhumation of his body showed that he had suffered from mercury poisoning. Yeah, but it was like, like, it was in his bones. It's like deep in his bones, indicating this was like a lifelong thing. Uh, he's also syphilitic. Um, he was sexually promiscuous with both sexes and he had his, like, he was obviously like, you know, Nietzsche level syphilitic where he was just going through like insane m moments of like, like hallucinations. 
Yeah, towards the end of his life, he was dragged around in a cart <laughs> and uh, was just smelled terrible. Right. So I'm going to talk about maybe the most famous, at least in the art world, uh, moments in Ivan's life. Um, hold on, let me uh, pull this up. Here we go. So 1581, he's 51 years old, near the end of his life. Um, Wait, so he had three kids. No, he had a lot. He had three sons, I think. Three sons, perhaps. But, I mean, he had like oh, he had eight like, wives. No, he had like, tw- he had eight wives. Three were recognized by the church. He had yeah. somewhere around 20 kids, but most of them died in uh, childbirth or right. stillborn. But his oldest, who was another um, Ivan, who was going to become his like, uh, the, he was he's essentially there, the yeah. first in line to the throne. Like Ivan the Ivanovich. First in line. Ivan Ivanovich. He's the first in line to the throne. You know, if you don't know, in Russian culture and like, you know, the sort of like Cyrillic speaking countries, you're named after your father. So yeah, like a patronym. Ivanovich yeah. is if you know anybody with like the name of like Ovich, typically their father is the, the the prefix to that name. And he named his son Ivan, so it was Ivan Ivanovich. So he's like the next in line to the throne, essentially. Uh he is a Sarevich. Uh which means like, you know, Son of the Tsar. Um, his daughter-in-law, so the wife of his son, Yelena Sheremetyeva, uh, was wearing what he interpreted to be immodest clothing. This is the most like this is the Wikipedia. This is like the thing that like gets you know every most every source says that she was wearing something that he thought was too permissive. It's all yeah, and it's always different. Like, was he under the influence of a boyar to do this? Was he like? you know, just like high on mercury or whatever. No one obviously really knows. It happened like 400 years ago. But we know is that she was probably wearing something that pissed him off. And she was also pregnant. And so Ivan, the terrible, terrible guy, beats his daughter-in-law while she's pregnant for wearing this clothing. And this may have caused a miscarriage. So his son, his second son, Ivan... Uh, learned about this and engaged in a heated argument with Ivan the Terrible. And in some way, somehow, this led to him taking a sharpened iron pole, like basically like a like a poker for yeah, fire. He, he had a scepter. He walked mm-hmm. around with a scepter all the time. Uh, did he walk around with a scepter the whole time? Yeah, he had a scepter a lot, and he would hit people with it. Was it like a, like a pole like he would carry around? It yeah. was, Or was it like a cane? It was like a pole and cane put together, from my understanding. Yeah, I mean, he's, he just, he had weapons on him. Like, he like he was open carrying. The NRA would be super proud of his open carry policy. <laughs> they started arguing about uh, Piskov or that area and the, the potential. Yeah, Pisman. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the son defended it. Right. So, Ivan essentially stabbed him in the temple. Yeah. Uh, killing him. And... The, in a bout of rage, and this is um, best captured in the painting uh, by Ilya Rapin, uh, which was painted in uh, between 1883 and 1885. And it's very haunting. It shows Ivan immediately be stricken by guilt, clutching his son who's bleeding to death, this look of horror upon his face. Um... He would only die a few years later, Ivan would. Yeah, he died like three years. Uh, 
Yeah, in uh, 84. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, at the age of 53, um, probably also of some sort of poisoning, whether that was natural or he ingested it or he was assassinated, people still don't really know. You know what, how, you know what he was doing when he died? <clears throat> Do, like what, he, what act he was doing? He was playing a game of chess while he died. Yes, I've heard and of he this, had, yeah. They think either he was poisoned or he had a stroke. Right. He was 53, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what we got. Would you like to maybe talk about a more wonderful man named Ivan so that we can go out on this? Oh, Unless you have uh, something else to talk about. I got a, one more thing to talk about. One so more he had all, he had, he was married eight times. Only the first three were church sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, five of his wives were murdered. And I did not know that. three were eventually in prison. So they, he thought a lot of the times that his wives were being killed and that they were like trying to make him go crazy. Hmm. Um, after his first wife Anastasia died, he was like completely inconsolable and like oh, destroyed right. their house. He was married to Anastasia Romanov, yes. who is like Romanov. most famous for having a fucking Disney film made after her. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. Yeah, he destroyed all the furniture in their home, and he thought that she was poisoned to death. And this is like where the paranoia started, right? Yeah, um, we can talk about uh, my favorite Ivan. My favorite Ivan. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Ivan Turgenev. Turgenev? Kept it Russian. Oh. Uh, he wrote the what was considered the first uh, modern Russian novel. Wow. Uh, Fathers and Sons. Nice. It's about uh, the liberal fathers and the more more liberal sons who identify as nihilists. So Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, these guys are basically just cribbing from Mr. It's like 1830s and 1840s. Okay. So. Fathers and Sons. That's so nice. It's a great book. Have you ever read it? No. No, clearly not. <laughs> I don't uh, really know term, who he is. He originated the term nihilism because there is a medical student who comes into the story oh. and he's a nihilist. He's a... An influence. Somebody the named Nihil? Oh, my name is Nihil. No, his name is uh, Balarov or Bakarov. I can't remember. Um, but he he says he calls himself a nihilist, but it's probably like a constant kind of... So many books out there, you know. It was one of the first... Um, it's like the first completed wholly modernist Russian novel to become popular. And um, other European writers really liked it, and it sort of popularized Russian novels yeah. for a while. That's like where it all started. Those Russian novelists, they got a certain tone about their sadness that really makes me think that they need to take a nap. That's too bad. <laughs> you sleepy. Just go outside. Look at the stars. Drink it's a freezing beer. out. Yeah, well, true. You're eating. You're in the Cossacks. Um, thank you for listening to Spooky 7. Are we done here? Thank you for If you made it to the end of the episode, you'll find out we're giving away $1 million. That's right. The first person to tweet at us and say, you're a big bitch, to get some million dollars. It's true. All right. Um, until next time, keep the lights on. Stay spooky.